0: Hello and welcome back to Impact. How to live kindly in a world gone mad. For those joining us today, Impact is a podcast which gives practical, positive advice to help you preserve nature, reverse climate change and protect living beings of the human and animal variety. If you want to stay up to date, you can like the Impact Podcast Facebook page or subscribe at impactpodcast.blog The idea is to talk to you about global issues, both environmental and social ones, but without added drama or judgement or complicated science. Just simple, realistic tips to help you put aside the existential dread and adopt some changes into your lifestyle. I am trying to give a more hopeful perspective than some of the viral social media videos and news reports that make us feel like giving a damn is pointless and exhausting and everything's going to shit. So a lot of those posts and articles that we see and make us feel like we're going to vomit have only actually got to a place where we're going to see them because they've gone viral. And why have they gone viral? Because terrifying news sells. I promise there is an awful lot of good out there, but you're less likely to hear about it because it's less exciting. So I've been having a great odd time on a meditation retreat at Plum Village, which is in the south of France. And after two weeks of meditating, yoga, tai chi, dancing, singing and connecting with the really cool, beautiful monks and nuns and nice like-minded people, I'm riding on a bit of a blissful cloud which is making focus and productivity feel a little less important and making this podcast has taken a little longer than normal. But having said that, even with this blissful cloud I'm riding on, I've come out of this retreat into the midst of a general election for the UK. So tomorrow in the UK there will be an election to choose the political party that's going to rule, is rule the right way? I suppose represent the people rather than rule the people, although I find the difference. a little bit of a fine line. So we're choosing our next um, political party to rule slash represent us. And even armed with all this mindfulness, it's so important to be careful online. So guys, just take care of yourself, okay? Like I can see myself even knowing how social media works and how news clickbait works. I'm still getting drawn to articles or posts which really water fear and anger inside me. So easy for us to be swept away in this kind of collective energy at times, particularly at times like this around an election or a big political event it's like our um, our bodies are addicted to suffering and drama so i know i want to live a peaceful life I've, i already know which way i want to vote and yet my energy is being like magnetized towards the kind of articles that i know are going to make me fret and feel worried and anxious it's like this this energy of concern is oozing out of our computer screens and we just can't stop eating it up kind of like when you're eating ice cream and you feel sick and you know you should stop but it just tastes so good so you keep eating it, well, just be careful, guys. Put the spoon down. Be gentle with yourselves and just remember, give thanks for everything you've got. Try and protect yourself from some of the toxic articles or propaganda from either side of the political debate. Breathe in, breathe out and just let that non-stop radio in your head have a little break sometimes, you know. If you feel worried about the state of the world it's okay just to go for a walk and take a breather you don't have to be on a revolution all the time just be nice to yourself that's all so uh, this week i'm gonna talk about being eco-friendly in the bathroom had a lot of friends asking me about things like which period products are best for the environment how can they remove their hair in the way that doesn't create too much waste And I've got a few loved ones welcoming babies into the world, yeah! I'm going home for a couple of weeks at Christmas because I think you guys already know that I'm a full-time traveller so I don't get to see my family very often but for two weeks this Christmas I'm going to be meeting babies like there's no tomorrow. So it's also a good opportunity to talk about reusable nappies and the impact of wet wipes Uh, But without me being so direct as buying my loved one's reusable nappies for Christmas because I guess that's not the most exciting Christmas present to receive from a loved one. But basically, a lot of products that we see as essential, like tampons, disposable nappies, wipes, razors, all the different lotions and potions to moisturise and condition and tone and cleanse, we think that these are like super important items But actually, they're really recent additions to human society. Like, hominoids existed for millions of years before the invention of pull-ups or disposable razors. So, it is worth just taking a moment to question how many of our essential items I'm doing inverted commas in the air like I do sometimes. How many of our essential items really are essential at all? So, as always, I'm going to finish the episode with some good news because the world can be a scary place and there is so much darkness out there, but there's also so much goodness. The scientific breakthroughs, human bravery, feats of nature, it's all going on out there and it does us no good to get ourselves so worked up about the bad news that we miss the everyday miracles that are unfolding right in front of our eyes. You know, we we get this one beautiful, precious life to live and, of course, we want to make sure our life is meaningful And we want to leave behind a positive legacy. But we've also got to live that life, honour that life by being happy and seeking joy and doing things that make us feel great. Last week I tackled the pretty grim issue of modern slavery. I hope that episode was insightful for you and didn't feel too overwhelming. I shared some tips to help you identify modern slavery and gave you a link to check out where you can find out how many slaves are associated with your lifestyle. I know you can't do everything all the time, but uh, becoming more aware and mindful of the impacts of our lifestyle, being a little bit more sensitive about the things that we do and how they have knock-on effects throughout the universe, it's a good first step to take towards positive change um, and you never know where it could lead you. So if you haven't had the chance, check the episode out. Um, But this week we're going ethical in the bog. I'm going to chat about hair removal, period products, toilet roll, wet wipes, toiletries, nappies, brushing your teeth, all the sexy stuff. So let's start with hair removal. I don't know about you, but whenever I've thought about being more eco-friendly or careful with resources, like my leg hair has not entered the conversation. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that everyone's got to grow out their bikini line or tie-dye your armpits in order to be... Uh, mindful to the planet but it's worth bearing in mind that two billion disposable razors are thrown away in the US alone every year. So once you add in the billions of razors from Europe and other continents as well you can see that that little innocuous little razor is causing a real big problem. Um, One solution that you can go for straight off the bat if you don't want to change your lifestyle very much you don't want to change the fact that you shave that's cool Um, just get a longer lasting safety razor. They cost about £30 on average, yeah that's more expensive, but in the long run you're saving money because if you have one product that lasts you for many years, instead of continually buying and throwing away a cheaper version, you do actually save money in the long run, as well as being more environmentally friendly. Then again, if that's just impossible for you financially, if you don't have 30 quid to spend on a razor, that's okay too, don't feel bad does frustrate me how ordinary people who want to help the planet and do their best, we get kind of stuck in these cycles of poverty and feel a bit helpless. Sometimes we can't afford the longer lasting options because of our disposable income maybe isn't so great. So we have to buy less quality disposable versions that we replace more often. So actually the people with less money and more need to save are spending more money and doing harm to the planet that they don't want to partake in as well. So that's just like a little something to think about. Um, there's my socialist rant over, you're safe. But if you can afford to make the investment and save in the long run, then you could try one of the razors from um, Appletree and Avalon.co.uk or from Albatross. It has a closed loop production system, so it's really cool. You can send back your old razor blades to be recycled into different products. So that's uh, ourtrustdesigns.it. Both these options are plastic free and they claim to give a better shave than disposables. Apparently, that itchy rash we get from shaving isn't inevitable. Like, what? Why has no one told me that for 24 years? Because I thought that was normal. By the way, pseudocreme. If you have got a rash or ingrown hairs from shaving, pseudocreme is like... The magical solution to all your problems. I don't know why no one told me that when I was 15 and I needed to know that, so pseudocreme. okay? Just on a side note, um, no, not a side note. Here's a principle note. Your body is your rules, okay? So if you want to remove your hair, remove your hair. If you don't want to, don't. But just make sure whatever you're doing, whether it's keeping or removing, You're doing it because that's what you want to do and not because you think that's what you should be doing or what you think other people think you should be doing. Rupi Kaur is a really cool poet and she wrote a gorgeous poetry book called Milk and Honey. I read it in a time when I was living a much more mainstream life and religiously shaving everywhere all the time. (laughs) Uh, She wrote quite sassy poem which had quite a big impact on me. I remember just thinking, what? say who after reading this so i'll share it with you um she said the next time he points out the hair on your legs is growing back remind that boy your body is not his home he is a guest warn him to never outstep his welcome again younger me needed to hear that so there it is if you need to hear it too and interestingly leg hair on women only became a thing to be embarrassed of in around the 1920s Women haven't always shaved their legs, that's not a thing. Uh, Companies like Harper's Bazaar started publishing adverts of women in 1922-ish, and there were sketches of women like reclining on benches, looking very sexy with their arms behind their head, and they had some not-so-subtle or discreet quotes underneath the pictures, like... The fastidious woman today must have immaculate underarms if she is to be unembarrassed. I mean, not the catchiest phrase ever, but clearly it worked because fast forward 40 years and 98% of American women from 15 to 44 were removing their body hair. Before that, it wasn't happening. That's such a huge turnaround in just 40 years. That's like the blink of an eye in terms of evolutionary time. And um, partly before this, the people were wearing more concealing clothes, so women didn't actually expose their armpits or their legs, so the hair wasn't really something to be considered embarrassing or, or even in the public eye. Uh, but you can check out the full article about this uh, which from Vox, which is called How the Beauty Industry Convinced Women to Shave Their Legs. Super interesting. Uh, I personally do shave my legs semi-regularly. <laughs> And I quite like doing that. But it's also interesting for me to understand where that comes from in terms of societal values. Because now we've got the situation where pre-1920s, no one shaved their legs. Uh, 100 years later, uh, 2022, the estimated value of hair removal devices in the US alone is $1.35 billion. Ouch. So an industry that didn't exist 100 years ago is now making over a billion dollars on selling you devices to take care of your legs. Pretty interesting. If you're more of a waxing type, it's worth remembering that wax is not natural. It's got a lot of chemicals in it and it doesn't easily break down in a landfill. It's really hard to find numbers on this, but I can tell you that in Australia, uh, EcoVoice estimates that 5,600 tonnes of wax goes from salons to landfill each year. And Australia only has 0.33% of the global population. If that bothers you and you don't want to contribute to what's ending up in landfills, but you also don't want to slice up the bedsheets with stubbly post-shaving legs, there are other alternatives. You can use a natural sugar wax that dissolves in water. Uh, There's a product called Moom, M-O-O-M, which is one solution. But I have to say, I found natural wax not very effective because I have thick hair So I just kind of made my eyebrows go pink and didn't really see a difference and then just plucked them anyway. But if you have finer hair, why not try it? Or you can try something called sugaring which has become super fashionable recently. A great experiment for those long winter nights when you're really bored and you've got nothing better to do. You can find the recipes online but basically you boil a mixture of sugar, lemon juice and water until you get a sticky thick mixture, a bit like caramel I guess. And you, you need it, um, not need it like, I need you baby, need it as in bread. So you need the mixture and then you can use it to wax your legs, but it's obviously all natural ingredients. You have to be really careful because it's really hot when you first make it so you could burn yourself. But you can look at YouTube tutorials on it and why the heck not give it a go? Only one time, you've got nothing to lose. Or if that sounds a little bit too messy and intimidating, you can just go for some threading. For your particularly for facial hair, it's a great alternative, and it's got no chemicals and like minimal waste. It's an ancient technique which just uses a strand of cotton to remove hair. It's no more painful than waxing, and it's usually just as cheap. I really enjoy going to get my eyebrows threaded because I like the attention, basically, Um, and they look really good afterwards, like really full really neat i took my mum for a thread and she was so impressed and surprised i think in my parents generation which is like 55 to 65 years old it's like a lot less well known particularly amongst western parents anyway so if you are the mother or father of a millennial get out there and give it a crack okay hair removal done dusted let's move on to wiping your bum (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's not very sexy is it But we've got to fight the good fight, people. You know, the planet needs us. So please try to avoid using wet wipes. They are so convenient. You can lay on your bedroom floor with the room spinning and just, like, whisk makeup and vomit off your face after a night clubbing. Or if you want to have a good old clean without sitting on the bidet, which is kind of weird and European for us Brits. Yeah, they can be super convenient. But they're also the cause of fatbergs. If you've heard of them, they are sewage mountains made of wet wipes. Gross. And they've been cropping up all over the UK in the last year. According to Friends of the Earth, the hundreds of thousands of wet wipes, which get flushed down the toilet every day in London, have also formed a new riverbed in the Thames. Pretty horrific, and it's happening all over the world. I know wet wipes seem like super handy items, and yeah, they kind of are but they're manufactured with plastic inside them and they've got some pretty bad environmental outcomes. Like, we know plastic doesn't go away. It just sheds fibres and slowly breaks down into smaller particles, polluting the land, the rivers, the oceans, and it enters wildlife and human food chains. So, if you really can't give them up, at least never ever flush them, and try to use biodegradable or compostable ones, but they are not perfect either. A lot of products marketed in a way saying like, oh, biodegradable, special, compost, happy planet, plastic, wipes. They actually still harm the environment with the chemicals they use, the packaging. They still contribute to fat bugs because they only break down in certain conditions. So where possible, just avoid them. For makeup removal, I have a super nice like white flannel cloth. One of my friends gave me for Christmas. It's marketed as a makeup remover. It's, I don't know exactly what the material is, but it's super nice. And you just add water and like wipe your face with it. So it's like a flannel, but softer. And then throw it in the washing machine. Uh, and it does the job just as well, you know. It's really fine. And if you want to use them for cleaning up your more intimate areas, you can just use scraps of fabric or like cotton alternatives obviously just use them once with a little water if you need to use them and then you can put them in the washing machine as well you don't have to have something that you throw away afterwards the washing machine is pretty effective i mean i know that my uh, lifestyle is pretty slumming it and <laughs> probably horrendous compared to some people's needs um like i've lived in a tent without a campsite and just washed in rivers, and gone to the toilet in holes I've dug in the ground. So I do know that I'm a bit out of touch with normal people that want to have toilets, but even I can say that I know toilet paper is essential. Like, wiping your bum on damp grass in a mountain never becomes okay. So, of course, buy toilet roll, but you can get recycled paper, preferably manufactured in the same country where you live, to cut down on the transport impacts or you can try buying from a social enterprise like Who Gives a Crap and check them out at whogivesacrap.org. And their toilet paper is ethically sourced, uh, recycled, and money from each, purpo- each pur- pur- money from each purchase goes to fund the building of toilets in places that need them. However, the fact that they're based in Asia and means that there are some implications involved if you're getting it shipped over to you. So maybe you're trying to do something to help the planet and... Um, social enterprise, but then the environmental impact of having it shipped across the world if there are recycled toilet paper options in your local supermarket. That's just something to balance inside your head. Think about it and just choose what's right for you. But all in all, top company. For any listeners that menstruate, you may not even realise how dodgy tampons and sanitary towels are for the planet and potentially your health. But don't worry, there are so many other options Like, I didn't even know until I researched for this uh, podcast that the primary ingredient in most disposable sanitary products is plastic. Um, They also have got chemicals like chlorine and bleaches that I frankly do not want anywhere near my precious area, let alone inside me. So, travellers like me, you could, or for non-travellers, I don't know why I opened that only for travellers, for anyone who would like, you could consider buying a menstrual cup. There's lots of different brands of the same thing, like Moon Cup, Diva Cup, Athena Cup. Basically, they're just small medical grade silicon cups that last for over 10 years. So you're just buying one single product rather than the 10,000 tampons that the average person will use in a lifetime. That's ten to 14,000 tampons from each of us in landfill and unfortunately often the ocean as well. And those that end up in the ocean, they can become toxic and poison sea life. Uh, not to mention the like thousand pounds it's costing you, even if you're buying the cheapest option, which for me is like several months of traveling. Like, why would I want to spend that on some plasticky chloriney, disposable item that's going to harm the planet? Just doesn't make sense for me in this stage of my life. Um, but by buying a moon cup, you can change that thousand pound tag to just fifteen pounds. So it does pay off in the long run. For the first couple of periods, I would recommend using a pad as well as the cup because it takes some practice to kind of get it right. You have to get the feel for it. It needs to um, like be fully open and create a seal uh, when you use it, so that there's no leakage. But it takes a bit of practice, but you can get there. And if you don't like the idea of having that, that's fine. I have to say it's not painful it's that I don't even notice it but if it's not for you it's not for you that's cool you can also use a product called period pants there's loads of different products available but they basically look and feel like normal pants but they're really absorbent so you just wear them instead of your normal knickers and change them once a day when you're on your period so that's like a cool option personally I'm pretty poor so I don't have the money to buy five pairs of them for each period because I'm guessing you need like enough pairs for each day of your period so you can then wash them and wash together and I wonder if they're less durable I'm not really sure how that would work for me personally at this stage of my life but they're definitely an option out there for people to consider after 10 years I know I can still use my moon cup but I don't know if pants would last for 10 years that's just my perspective if you've tried them and loved them leave a comment and let us know a final reusable option that I'll mention for now is just reusable sanitary towels which you can buy online but if you do, remember that you are going to be looking at more packaging and the transport costs I mean, the you pay for packaging but I meant the transport cost in terms of CO2 uh, so if you can buy locally, that's going to support your local economy and there'll be less packaging associated with it or just make them, if you're crafty out of some fabric, you can find online some instructions but yeah they're just they're really pretty like nice cotton things which you can like clip into your pants yeah so there's loads of options out there if you want to do something reusable equally if the idea of reusing sanitary products makes you feel a bit sick um that's fine too there's no judgment here sister you can still make a difference you can buy disposable products if that's what you want to do but try and get them from a company like hey girls which you can check out on heygirls.co.uk Um, Their tampons and pads combat period poverty. Uh, They're based in Scotland, I believe, and they donate a pack to girls in need for every day you buy to um, avoid a lot of girls miss school because of their periods and not being able to afford products. Uh, They're made from natural bamboo and corn fibre. The packaging is all cardboard. So it's a huge improvement from classic products. Um, That's fine. If you're not ready to make the reusable leap, then just check them out. So thank you for hanging on in there throughout the period and poop talk. Before we move on to nappies, I'll give you some light relief with the toiletries. A little bit less cringy to talk about. So when it comes to toiletries, less is more. The beauty industry makes a lot of money from making you believe three basic things. One, you're ugly or smelly. 2 a magic cream will fix it. And three, tens of thousands of different bottles and jars aren't all filled with essentially the same stuff. Here's a news flash for you, sis. Soap is soap. We live in a world where there's like tens of thousands of varieties of soap packaged in weird and wonderful ways to make us believe maybe this is the new exotic thing we haven't tried which could change our lives and make us prettier and cooler and more successful and find the love of our life and be happy and joyous and give our life direction and meaning and no, stop, just stop. Soap is soap. You don't need to fill your cupboards with a hundred different products. Just choose a couple that you like, preferably with little packaging and fairly natural ingredients if you can, and then move on with your life. Don't let your one precious, beautiful time on this earth be distracted too much with a thousand shades of lipstick or a hundred different types of shampoo. You can get zero waste toiletries now. Um, You can buy deodorant, shampoo, shower gel, even conditioner in bars instead of bottles. Uh, I really like the ones from Lush. Uh, I always talk about Lush. I'm not sponsored. I just love them so much and... Sometimes if I'm sad, I just go and stand inside Lush and breathe in and out and just smell all the great, beautiful smells and surrounded by eco-friendly glitter. It makes me feel so good. And the staff are always so nice. They're just like, look at me like, ah, oh, sis, I know you're one of those girls that's just here because you're sad and need a little fragrance boost. And they're so understanding. So, big up Lush. Actually, <laughs> sorry about that little digression. Uh, a lot of what you're spending time and money buying... Uh, isn't that much different from what you can find at home though so instead of buying like really expensive sachets of magical hair repair fix your life potions you can just put some olive oil in your hair and wash it out after a few minutes like that made my hair really a lot better than any of the chemical products that the high street's selling Um, we've existed for so long and survived so much throughout the generations of humankind and like People were okay before there were 900 different shampoo brands to choose from or a thousand different shades of lip gloss. I'm not saying don't have any products. Like, have nice things that make you feel pretty. That's cool. But we can cut down and simplify in a big way without having any impact on our beauty, happiness or worthiness. And just remember, like, putting on makeup is fun. I like doing it sometimes. It makes me feel special. But true beauty comes from within. Okay. Okay. Of course, uh, it's great to buy cruelty-free wherever possible. Loads of makeup and toiletries have been tested on animals in pretty grotesque ways. I'm sure none of us really like the idea that rabbits were forced to eat lipstick until they died in order to have the perfect pout, but I'm not being dramatic. Like This is quite a common test used on animals, so you can find a list of cruelty-free products online pretty easily. Uh, For example, there's one on the PETA website. Check it out. And the final bit of information I will flog you with before letting you get on with your weekend is about nappies so disposable nappies they feel like an essential like of course nappies that's what you buy when you have a baby but like a couple of generations ago they were completely unheard of they didn't exist now at least 90 percent of us in britain use disposable nappies which means according to the independent that three billion of them get thrown in uk landfills every year what women in developing countries haven't had the money or interest in disposable products historically Um, but big producers are like clamoring to increase their markets and the pressure is on it's likely to start seeing changes in that area going forward so it's not just the astounding level of waste to be worried about but it's also such a huge amount of money disposable nappies are going to cost you around a thousand pounds based on six changes a day at 16.9 p a nappy This is all from the independent still, guys. So reusable nappies will cut 500 quid off that price, even including the cost of energy and the products needed to clean them. So it just makes financial sense. If you send them to be commercially laundered, like you don't want to deal with the nappies in your washing machine, it's just like too overwhelming, that's cool. So you can send them away, there's companies that will wash them for you and bring them back to you clean. Um, And it still works out at the same price as disposable. So why not? It will save the landfill, it will save the planet, it will will save you some money. Or even if it doesn't save you money, you don't have to do any extra work. So it's really easy to use them now. They're waterproof, they're well-fitting, they're hygienic. You can line them with a little tissue liner that collects the poop and you can just like flush it down the loo. And then you just chuck the nappy in the washing machine. You, d- you don't put like a whole baby poo in the washing machine. You take out the tissue liner and then just wash the main part of it, which isn't that dirty anyway. And even if you just use disposable on days out and reusable in the home, that would still make a big difference. We live in a world designed to make us part with cash. So much money can be made from disposables, but it's not just us that's paying. It's the planet too. Like we live in a finite world. Like we know this. We feel it. We're concerned about it. And yet, something, including me, like, I'm not judging here, something holds us back from making a lot of the changes we know that we could make fairly easily. Like, we've got a hunger in us. Buy, throw, buy, throw, buy, throw. But it can't go on forever. There's so many things you can do to make a stand and say, like, enough's enough. Enough. You can use bamboo toothbrushes, you can use flannels instead of wet wipes, reusable nappies, responsible menstrual products, long-lasting razors or sugaring, whatever. There's so many little changes you can make in your lifestyle that will save you money, give the planet a breather, and not have a negative impact on your well-being. And sometimes you think, oh, what's the point of me making all this effort? Nobody else is, but, you know, change happens one at a time, one by one, little by little, poco a poco. Poli, poli, kamehamehameha, yeah, just do your best, that's all you can do, and the more you do your best, and you might not realise the like positive influences you're having on your loved ones around you when they notice, oh, Rachel's are uh, using reusable nappies, or oh, I see Tara's got a moon cup, or you these little decisions that you make, they do have a difference, and they have an impact and a chain reaction, so go for it. I thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It's much longer than normal. Um, They're normally 15 minutes. This was half an hour. But I'm so new to the podcast world, I don't... I couldn't even say I have a normal yet. I'm still working it out as I go. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it gave you some things to think about. If you liked what you heard, please give Impact Podcast Facebook page a like or subscribe at impactpodcast.blog. Like I said, I've just started this project. I don't really know what I'm doing. Love and support is welcomed warmly. So before I go I promise to always finish with a piece of good news and today's good news was published by the Good News Network which if you're ever feeling down about the state of the world you should go and check it out. It's just like a news website but it only publishes positive stories. So after five years of drought a region in Kenya has finally got clean water thanks to a solar-powered saltwater plant. Uh, So the plant was launched in Kyunga, where villages had run out of clean drinking water. And they were using dirty well water or salt water from the ocean, which was causing loads of problems like kidney failure, um, scarring in children. Really, lots of health implications of that. Um, So this NGO called Give Power launched a solar power water farm. And it provides water cleaner than that from a typical desalination plant. This foundation has now brought uh, electricity to 2,500 schools in 17 countries. So that's 300,000 people that are benefiting from solar energy. And now it's just uh, started this uh, solar power desalination plant, its first one, uh, which is giving water to 35,000 people every day, which is safe and fresh. And they're looking at starting new plants in places like Colombia and Haiti, which are drought prone. So go give power! Thank you for your great work. You can check out a little mini documentary. it's like five minutes long about the project on YouTube. You can just type in "Bringing Clean Water to Kyunga, Kenya and to YouTube and you'll find it. Uh, it just shows that development doesn't have to be intrinsically damaging or depleting to Mother Nature. It's possible to work with the forces of nature to preserve Mother Earth and still protect like vulnerable communities. So yay, great news and looking forward to seeing more of that develop in the future. So I wish you all health and happiness, peace and love for the coming week Um, and I'll see you soon or talk to you soon anyway. The next episode will be about where the bees are at. Take care and see you then.